Hello, Whoa. Internet. Well, yeah, I'm definitely echoed in your headset there, Wilfredo. <laughs> Welcome to the OS Online Multiplayer Gaming Podcast brought to you by MMOBomb.com. You're over all things multiplayer related. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man. And as always, we're doing the show live today. Twitch.tv slash MMOBomb. If you get the chance to join us, obviously chime in in chat. And we love sharing your opinions on the show. This is episode four. 70. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes, Spotify, any of the other podcast distribution platforms, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Make sure you give a like, turn on those notifications, sub, leave a review, comment, you know, feed the algorithms if you like what we do here. Tell your friends. Joining me to go over all the multiplayer goodness this week, Mr. Troy Blackburn. What's up, New Bridge? Welcome, friends, to the Always Online Podcast. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It 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 is. Um, where's the Mr. Rogers? Thing coming from did did you just watch tom hanks play that role are you um, are you behind <laughs> i guess i'm very far behind you can't hear the echo well no no you probably can't it's it's a it would be a feedback loop in my headset is is what would happen you probably wouldn't hear it on stream which is good which is good with, with mr wilfredo rivera what's up sir how are you <laughs> He just had to flick off the mic a little bit. You're like in space. We were talking pre-show about it, but you're like, it's like Wilfredo's disco there. Is the, is the cricket back? Is it dancing on the desk? No, thankfully. Don't bring Larry back. Don't wish him into existence. We miss him. I don't. We, we, we miss his little just chirps in the background randomly. He owes me three years of rent. Yeah, he does. He definitely owes you three years of rent. Hey, uh, pod, a uh, podcast note here. No show next week. Hopefully I will be in Florida competing at the first Materia Cup for Final Fantasy TCG um, for the, the North American competitive season. So no show next Friday. I'll be flying to Florida for the event over the weekend. That also means if you watch us over on Ready Check Radio, no gaming gumbo next week. But we will have the Relic Grind on Thursday as normal. So... Definitely come and check that out if you want to talk Final Fantasy. On that note, let's get started with uh, some news. Good luck with the tournament. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it'll be fun. It should be fun. Get to see a lot of people I haven't seen in a while in the Final Fantasy trading card game community. So that'll be worth it on its own. Gentlemen, this week has been and continues to be, because it's not quite over yet, the kind of reveal week for the Elder Scrolls Online's Necrom expansion coming in just, what, two short months, something like that, Troy? I think two early June, isn't it? Yeah, June, uh, June 26th. I thought it was June 26th. It's June 20-something for the console. For console, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this week is their community celebration, and that did kick off with like a whole hour-long panel where they did kind of a deep dive with the team into a ton of aspects about the upcoming expansion, whether that's looking at the new Arcanist class, talking about the new, you know, basically unending dungeon that you can solo or duo with friends, the trials that are coming, the difficulty levels, where we're headed... Troy, what was your take on the entire show from top to bottom? Again, there were other panels and other pieces, so we're primarily going to stick to the main panel that you probably watched that was like a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, but what was your, your take on everything you saw from the team? I'll tell you what, overall, what really came across to me was the Arcanist class and how truly unique it is to the game. Uh, a lot of the other classes are have, have similarities in how they play. Uh, a, a lot of the a lot of the uh, critiques on Elder Scrolls Online can be that the classes are fairly similar to each other in in the basic ways that they play. Uh, the Arcanist, they they did a really good job of really saying how unique it is, how different it is from everything, and all the feedback I've heard from all the content creators who have been hands on with the Arcanist is that that is absolutely true. That it plays way different than anything else in the game. That is truly unique. That its spells and abilities are different than everything else. Um, it's not just load up all your hots 
and then hit your spammable. Uh, you're working with the crux system, which is a set of runes that float around you that you can use on a couple of different that spenders. Was, uh, that was big when they said that's not a UI element. I was yeah, like, thank yeah. God. It's not just something else on your UI. They have the runes actually float around you so you can see them in the game and you can pay attention to the game. And other players can see them as well. So other players can see if you've got three crux saved up and ready to go, they might want to avoid you for a couple of minutes. Yeah, there were all kinds of little nifty particulars like that. Like I was like, okay, the crux system, that sounds neat. We've seen classes do that before. No problem. Like Black Mage, obviously, uh, in Final Fantasy XIV, for those of you that partake of the black mage like I do um, you know we get the the uh, ice and fire stuff going around us and things like that I always like that and say what you will about ESO like yes when you first boot it up it is a sparse UI like there is nothing on the UI mm. when you boot it up for the very first time but if you play it to the point where you're running veteran dungeons where you're running trials where you're running the the more difficult trials too uh, yeah your UI is complex and full because you're probably running half a dozen different add-ons for different things. And so it was nice that this little thing was was off to the side. Uh, Wilfredo, as somebody who dabbles in ESO, but isn't like an every day or every month or even every year player sometimes, what were you thinking watching the Necrom uh, reveal now that we're getting more and more information about it? Does it make you want to come back to the game and maybe play it a little more frequently? Is it just more of the same from, from somebody coming from that angle? What did you see? First off, I'm a Bethesda nut, right? Yeah. The Elder Scrolls is my series. That and Fallout, those are my series. Knowing that they're going to Necrom, knowing that they're going to this spot in Vardenfell to, um, to Everybody really Everybody loves Morrowind, baby. Morrowind is awesome. So, uh, it, I mean, that was where I really got my start in the Elder Scrolls series. Like, I played Morrowind first on Xbox. So I was like, ooh, this is this is it. This is the game. Way to um, name drop, yeah. Wilfredo. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Morrowind on the OG Xbox. We yeah. go way back. <laughs> way back. Um, I still have the uh, the strategy guide too. But this is really this is like something so cool for me because one, we're getting a new class, right? The Arcanist seems like it is what ESO really needs. Like it, don't get me wrong. The, uh, the Necromancer and the Warden are great additions, but it felt more like, okay, we're doing more of the same with just a couple of little add-ons. This feels uniquely different. And if that's where they're going into the future of ESO, where we're going to get, if we get a new class, that they're adding something that makes it feel far more like there's a, a new game mechanic involved, I'm totally down. Going into the story somewhat, this is a Daedric Prince that most aren't familiar with unless yeah. you played the Dragonborn DLC for Skyrim. Yeah. Because Himaeus Mora is, he's not, he's very ambivalent, right? And it's interesting because it is dark knowledge that he is the, the prince of. But that dark and forbidden knowledge isn't necessarily bad and it's not necessarily good, but there is a cost for it. And if you play the DLC for Skyrim, you'll understand what I'm talking about. This looks like this is going to be a really good story and adding this new class is just making it even better. I'm I'm like super stoked for it. I'm really excited. So as somebody that's like as deeply ingrained into Elder Scrolls lore and the single player games and everything like that, why was Elder Scrolls Online never your go-to MMORPG at any point? Like what was that's, what was the, the 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 disconnect there? That's the thing. A lot of people and I I think I kind of fall into this category but also out of it too. My thing was one it didn't really feel like it was an Elder Scrolls game, but it did. But the big thing is, while you do have the ability to pick and choose what skills you have, your class kind of locks you into a certain type of build. And I think that's where it kind of took me out, because it's like, okay, this is a game that's based upon create what you want. You work on the skills that you really want to you know, achieve high levels in, and that's your focus. This, you have that, but your class kind of pulls back on that a little bit. How and, so? Because um, I've always looked at their class system. I don't know if you, you consider the same thing, Troy, that I always looked at it as it wasn't terribly limiting. Like, you can literally roll any class and go as a tank, go as a healer, go as a DPS, go as... And, and then when you're talking about DPS, go as melee, go as ranged magic. You, you know, there was always that... Very, 
yeah, of course, there's always going to be a meta, and that always shakes up a little bit. This is going to be the best tank for now. This will be the best DPS. This will be the best healer for now. Next update, that gets shuffled and changes. But as far as exploring the world, doing the zone content, doing the stories, you're going to be able to get through that no matter what you build. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, the build stuff really only starts coming in in that higher difficulty dungeon slash trial content in my experience through the years. So that's the thing. Like, it's limiting in the fact that it just it makes it feel as though like you're. I guess maybe it's just for me. I can't speak on behalf of everybody, but for me, it was like, OK, well, I know I'm playing a Dragon Knight, but there are skills in the Dragon Knight that maybe I don't want. You know, there are certain things that kind of limit me to that. But I understand that, too. Like this is your this is your focus. Gotcha. That's what you're going to do. So, you know, it took me a while to get used to it. So it's more the limiting on the class specific abilities than the ability to cater the class to a, in any particular role you want. Yeah, because gotcha. I I have a sorcerer full plate. Of course you do. You and Troy and your damn sorks. <laughs> what? I'm just saying it's useful. A battle can run necro like us normal mics. I have a necro. I have one of each class. I did I like in the panel. He's level three and he sits in town and does nothing. <laughs> I did like in the panel where they were like, because they did like dive into, okay, when we're looking at lore, we get really in depth with this. And, you know, but then some things came easy. They were like, <clears throat> when we knew we were going to do the Arcanist, we decided, well, we got to figure out the color palette, right? Like most of these classes have their. You know, it's not exclusive to them, but they have a dominant color palette in their abilities and things like that. And he said, so what we did was we opened up Photoshop and we started taking ink dots. You know, here's the Dragon Knights. Here's the Necros colors. Bap, 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 bap. And he said, it really didn't take a lot of work because as soon as we saw what was left, we were like, well, there's pretty much a... That's a that's a wide open gap. Yeah, it's going to be green, purple, and black. There it is. <laughs> like that's the color palette that's missing for for these, which I kind of feel like the necro falls into, at least with the green and black a lot. But the Arcanist getting purple is going to be pretty sweet, uh, and it, and it'll look cool. It'll look cool. But I did like this like this back and forth where some things took a lot more for them to get into, and then some things just came very very easy. It's going to be the most over, 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 overpowered class in the game for a while. Uh, oh, yeah, by far. <laughs> like, I remember when Warden came out and when Necro came out. Those classes, to me, have always just felt better than the original classes. That's not to say the original classes are butts, uh, but they've always just felt better. Like Their ability package, Troy, was more well-rounded. It was more well-thought-out, and I guess that's the mm -hmm. benefit of being able to work on one class rather than, you know, X number of classes for the MMO's initial launch. So yeah, they've always felt better to me. Arcanist, I, f I feel like, is going to feel even better. But if Warden and Necro history holds true, we're going to be in the age of the Arcanist for at least an update, update and a half. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the the way that the game works is there, you know, a lot of the original classes... Like I said, they were a little bit homogenized. They play a little differently, they play a little separately. This one was based uh, sort of on the Warden and the Necro, where you've got the tank spec, the healing spec, and the DPS spec. So they've really, they've really taken into what uh, the players thought were a stronger, stronger sort of way to do those classes and kind of taken that and expanded on it. We did get a peek at some rewards too. This is the mount reward for the more difficult version of the trials. Do you do you ever do like the the veteran difficult? I know you've done regular trials with me, but like, do you have a group that you do veteran trials and stuff like that with Troy, or is that kind of like the limit of of what you run when you're playing? No, I'm in a guild. Because always and... been your like more casual MMO. Yeah, I'm in a guild that still does a lot of like the beginner level trials and stuff like that and then we just kind of get together and do some of them they sort of teach mechanics to new players and stuff like that we don't do anything hardcore it's looking really awesome they they also called this kind of like the what what was the way they how how did they word it they they said that this was the very hp lovecraft uh type horror 
Uh, oh yeah, cosmic horror. Cosmic, thank you. Why couldn't yeah. I remember cosmic horror? So like, yeah, everything's got freaking tentacles, and it's just you know all over the place. Wilfredo, everything's got eyeballs. Everything's got tentacles. So get ready for a lot of that as we head into the preview chapter. The prologue of which, by the way, is available right now for free. You can go play the prologue leading into Necrom, and I believe the free play period in general is still running too. So both good things if you haven't played for a while. Are you down with the Lovecraftian type uh, monsters, Wilfredo? Because I know I am. Absolutely. I watched Lovecraft Country. That that show was great. I'm mad that they canceled it. Uh, I played Delta Green in uh, Call of Cthulhu. I'm totally down. I'm I'm in on this. It's actually... I'm kind of pumped for it. I, I generally enjoy the Elder Scrolls expansions, Troy, but I'm never like, I can't wait till this one comes out. And I'm kind of getting there for Necrom. I'm kind of getting yeah. there. Yeah, the, the more that they're talking about it and and with the, the city of Necrom, the Telvanni Peninsula, and Apocrypha, the zone of Vermeus Mora, it, it's all starting to get pretty exciting. Uh, and I was watching, you know, I was watching through that one hour video yesterday to uh, to write it up. And the, the longer it went, the more I was like, you know what? I, I I'm, I'm think I'm a little excited for this. Yeah. Uh, did you see the housing? So obviously housing has kind of like been lately their cash shop push and we can readily admit that I don't like it. Uh, But they are introducing two new housing uh, places. One of them, you know, whatever. The other one's an actual boat. This is the first time that they've, it's a boat, big ass boat out on the water and everything moves. So that it does look like the boat is sailing. Uh, And it says, if you, they they even said like, Hey, if you fall off this boat, the waves are going to carry you away. So be careful. Like you, you, you're going to fall off of your own houseboat. So that was kind of cool seeing, you know, go sailing in your damn boat. Uh, just in general. Yeah. I mean, it's getting a little bit of a thumbs up from me, a little bit of a thumbs up. I still wish they wouldn't put as much, uh, of the cool gear in the fucking cash shop. I still feel like elder scrolls has a rewards problem for players who grind the content and things like that. But um, that's not something they're going to express in this type of presentation. They are mm-hmm. well aware that I am not the only one that feels this way. There is a huge portion of the community that feels there's just so few rewards that are really like, I got to go get that. I'll go run that dungeon a hundred times because I got to go get that. They're just in the cash shop. So they know whether they'll change it over the, this chapter or not. I don't know. I'm also really interested to see, Wilfredo, how they do the procedural, quote-unquote, endless dungeon, variety of bosses, uh, layouts, abilities, all that type of stuff. You can go do it yourself or do it with a friend, uh, and the expansion, of course, comes with two new companions as well. Endless dungeons are always one of those things that sound great for me. I love dungeons in MMOs in general, so that's probably my favorite bit of content uh, to, to go do is done a, a good, interesting story, nice mechanics, cool bosses, dungeon. I always liked the idea of endless dungeons. I hated Torghast in World of Warcraft for its own reasons. And I'm not generally a fan of the deep dungeons in Final Fantasy 14. So it's like one of those features that I'm always like, I feel like I should really like this, but nobody's implemented it in a way that I'm just like, I will run this all day, every day. We don't know a lot about Elder Scrolls' uh, version of it. What are you thinking going into it? I, don't know. I So I'm kind of like at odds with this because I want this to be really good, but it all depends on how the execution is. Like, it, that's a big, that's going to be the big thing, right? And I think if they're going to do endless dungeons, it's for me at least, and this is, this is really calling into my nerd, uh, I want it to kind of feel like a Disgaea endless dungeon where every time you go further and further down that rabbit hole the the loot keeps getting better the the difficulty keeps getting harder but it's worth it like yeah. at the end of it all it's worth it um i would expect that there's going to be checkpoints where at a certain point you're like all right we can bow out now before you move on to the next part of this dungeon something like that i'm not entirely certain but i'm excited for it i want it to be awesome but i have a feeling that launch is going to be one of those things where it's like okay we found a lot of problems. We're going to retool this. It's still going to be active. We're going to retool this, but thank you for all this feedback. I, I really hope that they do 
a lot of uh, early beta testing for this to make sure it works. Yeah, and keep in mind that we don't have a whole lot of information on this portion yet because this is actually a late this year thing. The That yeah. dungeon is not going to be there with the, the launch of Necrom. That's a late this year thing. Magic Slinky in chat saying, I'd rather them just put effort into making existing dungeons better, to be honest. And I, I don't know if I agree. I kind of... I've always kind of felt like Elder Scrolls has some of the most fun dungeons in MMOs right now, at least for me. And Troy, you and I were just screwing around in it, whatever, two or three weeks ago, and we were like, I wonder how many there are now. We pulled the list, and we were like, there are 50. Yeah, it was a bunch. <laughs> and then they just added another one, and then you got another trial coming, you know, with the Necrom chapters. So yeah, that was a just of dungeons. Enough dungeon content. Yeah, and not counting that those dungeons also had a veteran, many of them, not all, but many of them have a veteran difficulty too. Magic, what, do, what don't you like about ESO's dungeons? I feel like ESO's one of those games that if, you, if, you're, if you're cool with the combat, then you... You probably really like the dungeons. If you if you're not okay with the combat, then I could see that the dungeons would also, by proxy, feel pretty bad too. Didn't mean to say they're bad or anything, but when it comes to endless dungeons, oh, that you would just rather the resources go somewhere else. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's one that I could see that you you would have to watch. Like, does this endless dungeon sacrifice the dungeon content this year and next year? It doesn't seem to, as far as the roadmap. But we'll see when the quality is delivered, Troy, whether it holds up to some of the previous dungeons or if you can tell that resources were allocated to a new thing at the expense of other things. Because we've always kind of felt lately that we know ZeniMax is working on another MMO thing. Is Ooh. Elder Scrolls Online, even though next year is its 10th anniversary, are they kind of the... You know, the stepchild pushed off to the side at the moment. We, you know, we get that feeling sometimes, whether it's true or not, we, we of course, don't know. Plus, this is the first year they've shaken up that roadmap uh, and not yeah, done the exact true. same thing year after year. So it'll be interesting to see how they deliver on, you know, different promises and stuff on that roadmap when it's different than what we're used to getting from them. Very, very true. All right, let's head over and talk about some other things. Let us know how you feel about Elder Scrolls Online uh, and its upcoming chapter in the comments below. Let's talk. I'm going I'm to go through a few items here, gents, and I want your opinions. These are some upcoming things. So we finally have an official release date for V Rising's Secrets of Gloomrot uh, update. We also have a new trailer, giving off some serious Dr. Frankenstein vibes. I'm playing that in the B-roll for you right now. It's coming out on 17, on the 17th of May. Expands the game map with two new different biomes in the zone. Multi-floor castle improvements. Thank you. We didn't know if that was going to make the update or not. They, they weren't quite sure, but that's now in the notes there as being part of it. And then a lot of new features. We have a whole breakdown of everything that Stunlock's been talking about for a while that's being added there. And we do have a rumor flying around about an Xbox version. You can read some things into Phil Spencer and, and uh, not Phil Spencer, uh, other Xbox heads saying things that maybe lead you to believe it could be coming to Xbox soon, but no confirmation on that. Credit to IGN on the initial reveal of the trailer. They had like a day lead time on it. I'm going to be honest, as cool as this looks, Troy, I don't remember the last time I played. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that this is going to be enough to bring me back to the game. Now, we had some good times. We in did. It with we the, definitely did. Uh, playing it initially, but it, once, it, once it got to the point where I was kind of done with it, I was just really done with it, and I just kind of walked away from it. And we had a private server set up, and I let my friends, you know, the ones that played on it, there was one or two of them that kind of hung around for a month or two after that. But but then even they were gone, and I went ahead and let the private server go. And I don't know that this is going to be enough to bring me back to the game again. It's weird. I mean, I was uh, very looking very forward to this game, but I also recognized it's, while I love vampires and stuff like that, um, uh, and always a big fan of a good vampire game, I kind of knew this game wasn't going to be me long term because I'm just not generally into these survival, spin up a server, play through, okay, let's spin it up, do different rules. And I just, you know, I don't do those types of arc survival evolved and they're just not my, my favorite type of game. So I knew I'm going to like this, but it's going to be for a very short period of time. And I'm kind of with you. Gloomrot looks cool. 
being able to do multi-floored castles finally is very, very cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm coming back as much as that hurts me to say for an aesthetic and a premise that I really like just in a game that I know isn't long-term for me. Wilfredo, I don't think we got a chance to talk to you about V Rising when it came out. Were you watching it? Did you try it? What were your thoughts? And is Gloomrot making things better or, or going to get you back if you've left? Uh, I was watching Troy play it, actually. Um, and when Troy was playing it, it was it very much gave me that vibe of like, okay, this is, you know, it's a different kind of Valheim or Ark or whatever. It was like yeah. it's another survival game. Cool. You know, and I had a lot of high hopes for it, but it over time it just started to kind of like wear me down. It's like, okay, go out here, gather resources, build up your, your castle, do it again, and then do it again. And I felt like this wash, rinse, repeat thing. Right, but is that's exactly good. the type of game it is. It's you know, it's not that they're doing it poorly. They do it pretty well. They do it very well, actually. It, and that was the other thing too. Like it's it plays for me at least. It plays better than games like Valheim and like Minecraft, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. But it's never been one of those games that I've been a big fan of. Like I I play No Man's Sky from time to time. It's a lot of that too. But from time to time, that's the thing. It's right. one of those things. If I'm in the mood, I'll go play it. But this is one of those games where it's like, I, I kind of got to be in that mood. And I I don't see Gloomrot doing anything to bring me in. Sure, we can have these abominable creatures. But that's that's not really bringing me in. There's got to be something to bait that hook. And it's not there. V Rising, when it released in May of last year, 2022, uh, peaked at 150,000 users on Steam. By the time September 2022 rolled around, it was at about 6,000. Uh, and that's pretty much where it's trended. It, it had one spike when there was an update in, in October, but then immediately returned. It, it usually trends between five and 6,000. I imagine, Troy, that this is going to do uh, like what, what happened with New World, right? The update launched, it went from 15,000 to 63,000, and then three months later, it was back down to 15,000. I, I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen here, too. Yeah, probably so, because I, I know just for me, there wasn't anything that had that long-term hooks in me, and it never really grabbed me like that, so I, I could see, you know, and the numbers are saying, that's kind of what happened to a lot of people, like, they had a really good time with it, uh, I'm pretty sure it's got good reviews, uh, it's just yeah. not a long-term game. Uh, if you are looking for another Web3 MMO or some NFTs that you really just hate having cash in your pocket and you really want to give it to somebody, uh, there's going to be a new sci-fi one coming soon via the StarkNet platform. It's called Influence, and it's developed by Unstoppable Games. It's going to be using the Ethereum blockchain and NFTs. NFTs are already on sale, so... Take that for what you will. Can't play a game yet, but you could buy the NFTs. Uh, one of the more interesting features here that the game has, at least when we were looking at it, was it can't be turned off. The game's fully decentralized. So that means that players will be the one to determine what eventually <laughs> happens to the game. And that's obviously maybe a good thing when there's NFTs involved, but... Uh, I just keep coming back to there hasn't been an NFT game where the fun was there <laughs> like that I've played yet. And I've played you know, probably a dozen or two at this point. Yeah, this one ain't going to be for me. It just ain't going to be for me, son. Yeah. And- yeah. Go ahead, Troy. If you're jumping into them at this point, uh, they they have yet to make one that really... You know, where's the Where fun? Where the game the is game? fun, yeah. yeah. Like, you need people playing the game or the NFTs have no value, right? The theory is buy the NFT, later potentially sell it for a profit when you're done with whatever that NFT product is. But if the game ain't fun enough to have players that are even remotely interested <laughs> in your cape of <laughs> NFT happiness, then who cares? <laughs> yep. They describe it uh, on Venture Beat, Wilfredo, as a space strategy MMO where humanity dwells among the asteroids and factions battle for resources. And if you think that sounds exactly like EVE Online, yeah, it's because that's one of the inspirations for the game, according to Unstoppable's CEO. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. Okay, 
I have a thing about Web3 in general and NFTs like it, and blockchain. All of that just seems way too scary. And for anybody who's never done it or never done any research on it, you're just going to it, it's going to overwhelm you. So you're already losing a decent chunk of your player base. Then you're talking about NFTs in general. Yeah, buy this stuff now and hopefully get a cash later, you know, a decent payout later. No. What are they called? Uh, the boardroom apes? It, are those still viable? Or, uh, Wasn't no. one of them just stolen the other day? Like, I, don't, <laughs> like, I thought these were non-fungible. Um. Right. And yet they're stolen all the time. All the time. It's so bad. When I was reading the article, um, I'm sitting there and I was like, this game has me at, you know, space MMO and then lost me at Web 3. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I'm, first off, I'm broke. I do not have money to dump into a game where it's not even a game. It's just blockchain. No, yeah, it's also good. really weird, right? <laughs> like, you, <laughs> I've said multiple times on this show, Troy, that there, there could, in theory, be a cool use for blockchain slash NFT technology in the gaming sphere. Uh, the coolest idea, which will never come to fruition, would be that, yeah, if you're done with that Hearthstone card, give it to me and I'll give you this CSGO skin. That's never going to happen. That's pie in the sky because you need all those developers to actually be interested in collaborating and allowing an intersecting marketplace like that. That's not going to happen, right? So that's the pie in the sky. Then you have this other portion of this, right, where if you are invested in an NFT game, then it is in your best personal interest to get others into the game whether you actually think the game is good or not, (laughs) because you want your assets to appreciate. So it's like they end up turning into a Ponzi scheme, either intentionally or inadvertently, in the fact that, man, I've put $1,000 on this plot of land in X game. I better get Wilfredo and Troy to play and have them get five friends to play because someday I'd like to sell this plot of land for four thousand dollars. And if the game yeah, closes, if, I'm if out of grand. Like you actually have a nobody, vested interest. There is zero value where there is zero demand. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't have a lot. It could be used to stop duping, but you can do that without NFTs. You just don't waste the resources. Yeah. And that's the other thing, like uh, the NFT gaming people are like, oh, yeah, you imagine being able to do this. And I'm like, you you know, you could do this, right? Like we've yeah. been selling CSO skins on a Steam marketplace forever. Like, <laughs> we've been doing this for a while. New. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those. I like the technology. I think it could be used in cool ways, but we're all humans. So it's never going to be used in those cool fucking ways because the companies that have the technology are going to want to do shitty things with it to ro- uh, rob your wallet blind. Yeah, that's just that's the way it's going to be. Somebody in the chat, clip that and make that the new thing. <laughs> Databases can hold more data in a string than an NFT can. Well, uh, that that's a very in the weeds discussion that I, I think we'll skip for the live showing. <laughs> um Next up, Aliens Fireteam Delete. I got good news. If you've still playing Aliens Fireteam Elite, I, I don't. <laughs> I you know, let's go to our old Steam chart. Yeah, that that tracks about four hundred players. Um, it's really sad. When the game came out, I actually enjoyed like the horde mode type gameplay that it had and everything but it was just like so limited on content and by the time they started adding content Troy or uh, Wilfredo you're nodding it was the same thing for you 420 yeah. people um by the time they started adding content I'd played 15 other things uh well mm-hmm. I mean if you've been waiting for it to come to the Nintendo Switch I guess I have good news and bad news for you the good news is it's coming April 26th, which ironically is Alien Day. That's kind of cool. little throwback to LV426. Uh, the bad news is it's coming to the Nintendo Switch via cloud gaming. So if you had doubts about this game running on the Switch well to begin with, it's also via cloud. Like, like why, Troy? Like, <laughs> it just... Are, are you going to pick up that many sales? I can't imagine this just being a blockbuster piece. Oh my gosh! Just steer, just steer clear. This is a clusterfuck. If I ever saw one, <laughs> the best co-op alien game ever released by CBR. That's the quote from C- who's CBR? Is that that comic book? 
Uh, oh, it's just CBR game. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was right. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I don't know if I'd call it the best Alien co-op game. That's, and I'm certainly not playing it on the Switch, and I'm certainly not playing it on the Switch via cloud, Wilfredo. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Like, it's it's bad, okay? And uh, this is this is my personal take on this. Anytime somebody says a game is going to the Switch, I immediately lose all hope for it. Oh, see, I'm not as harsh because there are some games that I'm like, this needs to be on this. Like the Pixel Remasters Final Fantasy were ones yeah, that no, I was like, this has to be on the Switch, and it wasn't for a long time. But but for me, it's like this is this is a game that does re require a bit of a graphical demand. It requires a powerful demand, even on its low spec. But when I hear certain games go to the Switch, I'm like, this game has no hope. When I heard that The Witcher was going to the Switch, I was like, it has no hope. When I heard Skyrim, I was like, Skyrim is on everything. It's on a, a damn speaker. It's fine. You know, <laughs> this... in chat said, yeah, but the Pixel remasters run on a home pregnancy test. <laughs> 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 I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> He's, wrong. He's not wrong. You can play you can play a Pixel remaster on the old Dreamcast uh, memory cards. But yeah, this is give me that test off the sink. I want to <laughs> play Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> I, I, I have an air fryer that has a version of Skyrim downloaded on it. <laughs> See, what's going on in old school RuneScape? They're finally getting a skill, Troy. Yeah, they're finally getting a, uh, a new, new skill, skill added I to the say. game after uh, like 17 years. The fans voted, and they got to vote between several different things, which was sailing, shamanism, and taming. And they asked two different questions. And the first question was, after reading the new skill pitch blog, which concept for new skill in old school RuneScape would you be happy with to see refined further? Select all that apply. And Sailing won with 59.1% of voters voting for it. Now, this was a multiple choice thing. So these votes don't add up to 100% because they could vote for all three if they wanted to. Uh, but it had 105,000 votes. And then the second question was, uh, which new skill pitch is your favorite between selling, shamanism, and taming? And sailing won with 36.4% of the vote, 62,248 votes. So sailing, everybody wants to be a pirate. Getting some uh, pirate action on in old school RuneScape. Now, it's still going to be a little while because they're still conceptualizing things. Obviously, one of those questions was, hey, what do you think so far? But do that make people... Yeah. Many, many people still play RuneScape. Yes. Yes. <laughs> many, 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 many people. Yeah, there were like 178,000 people who voted on this thing. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's old school that, RuneScape. That's not and votes, RuneScape. That, was, that was actual people who voted. They're doing voters. just fine. They're doing just fine. I think they're still in what, the top three of like uh, MMO population reports? Yeah. Yeah, and they're still, they're still one of the few that seem to grow more mm -hmm. often than the rest of them. Uh, what else? Oh, Blue Protocol gave us their uh, opening uh, video, which is very anime. Like, I don't know uh, what you thought. As soon as I saw this, the clip start and the music came on, Wilfredo, and I know, I hope you're going to go with me on this. Like, I immediately was like, holy hell, it's like booting up Lunar Silver Star Story for the first time again. Or uh, Lunar Eternal Blue, like the immediate anime cutscene music that the, those games, just fantastic games, RPGs, go into. I was like, oh, God, all of a sudden, I still love Blue Protocol. I'm probably not going to play you very long, but damn, I love this opening. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it definitely took me back. Man, oh, Silver Star. Oh, my God. That's a callback. But yeah, dude, like I, I was super excited. And mind you, I've been watching some of the gameplay for Blue Protocol, and I'm just like, all right, this is this kind of takes me back to like games like Dragon's Nest and yeah. uh, Glory of Victus and things like that, or not Glory of Victus, uh, Vindictus. And um, I'm like, okay, cool. It's instant space. You get a lot of combat in. It, it, the combat is fluid. It, it like everything looks good. This I was like, oh man, I'm psyched for this game. I yeah. know I'm not gonna get that, yet, but I'm psyched for it now. Yeah, like, network I'm test is done. Here's the opening cinematic. Takal says, yeah, Lunar is legit. It was one of the few good reasons to have a Sega CD at first. True. Uh, the better releases of the PlayStation ones, the ones from Working Designs, the big old collector boxes. I'll have to show those on stream sometime. They're they're upstairs, um, and they made an Ark the Lad one as well from Working Designs. Yeah, Troy, I I can't get you interested in this one, can I? You're still just 
No, it's something that I that I'll check out and I'll try it and I'll play it, but I, I don't know that it's going to be long term kind of thing for me. It'll be something for if there's nothing else going on, you know, I'll play it for a little bit. If it's like the new hotness, and that's all there He's is. He's like, well, if I'm not asleep, <laughs> maybe I'll play. Maybe I'll play. Uh, and yesterday we finally found out the Daviri Paradox has a release date. Finally, Warframe is not doing what they normally do to us. If you, I don't know if you guys know this because you may not get press releases and stuff like that, but Warframe is one of the two places that are notorious for sending me a press release that an update is coming. Um, or I'll know an update is coming and they'll send me a press release that says it's coming this week that they won't give a date for. I'll get the press release on Monday. The update is coming this week, but they won't give me whether it'll be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> like They won't give it to me until the day of, and then that morning I get another press release. And I, I, like, I love my contacts at Warframe and, and Path of Exile, but I'm like, guys, no, please, I'm not going to write an article that says an update is coming this week just to then write another one three days later that says the update is here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to put a little more space between that for me to do it. Like if I know there's an update coming sometime next month, fine, I'll write it up today because you announced it today and then next month we'll write it up then too. But I'm not, no, you're not getting two pieces three days apart. Anyway, it finally has an exact release date, April 26th. April 26th. So if you're looking forward to playing as the Drifter and going through all of that storyline, you'll be able to do that on the 26th. Gentlemen, before we head over and finish things up with the uh, weekly bombs here, I do have a few uh-oh things that I want to run past you. One of them isn't in the show notes today uh, because I did the show notes yesterday and we just put it up uh, this morning. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League... Delayed again, again, this time till February of 2024. This follows reports last week where we reported that it was most likely going to be delayed again, but they hadn't said anything officially a month later. Now they say something official. Any surprises there, Troy? Is this good or bad for the game? Because honestly, I'm kind of in the camp of abandon all hope, uh, all hope ye who enter here. Yeah, I don't know that that's enough time even to to make a difference on what the the core gameplay elements that the fans didn't seem to be happy with whenever they revealed, you know, that gameplay gameplay trailer stuff. It was it seemed like core gameplay elements that people didn't like and weren't enjoying about the game, so I don't know that you're going to completely fix that with a delay. But but yeah, it was it was inevitable. It was coming. We all saw it coming a mile away. <laughs> like after the reaction that they got to their reveal trailer, it was uh, definitely going to be delayed. Any hope as a Justice League slash Suicide Squad fan, Wolfredo? I'm I'm desperately hoping because this is Kevin Conroy's final voice acting role, and he's a he's a hero of mine. But uh, did you see Gotham Knights? Did you see how things were turning out for that game? Like, I, I, I really want this to succeed. It's probably not, though. I think it's a bad thing, you know, this far in development, and they're still like, yeah, we got to keep fixing it. Uh, Although, Mo go ahead. No, I am, I am an old school guy where I believe don't put the game out until it's finished. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like this is going down the same path Marvel's Avengers did. Just like the exact, like even the reaction to the reveals, just like all the way down the street. It's so focused on being a live service that it's not good at anything else. Um, yeah. Monster Energy suing Monsters and Mortals. Dark Deception Monsters and Mortals. If you've never heard of the games, by a small indie, indie company, uh, Glowstick Entertainment. They're being sued by Monster Energy. We kind of alluded to this in some conversation last week, but now we've got more current official information. They've literally done this before multiple times. They've gone after Pokemon. They've gone because Monster. They've gone after Monster Hunter because of Monster. They've actually gone after Ubisoft, and Ubisoft uh, acquiesced. If you remember, Immortals Phoenix Rising was actually supposed to be called Gods and Monsters, 
Monster went after Ubisoft, and so Ubisoft was just like, fuck it, we ain't fighting this. Immortals Phoenix Rising it is, because we don't care about our games anyway. So, like, it all worked <laughs> out, and, <laughs> and it all worked out there. That was fine. But yeah, so now Monster, because how dare you put the name Monster, and I might confuse Glowstick Indie Company's video game on Steam for the shitty energy drink. Yeah, I, 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 might, I might do that. I get that you've got to defend your trademark, but this just seems absurd. Uh-huh. It's not even, even remotely in the same genre. There's no chance of confusion, and it's such a freaking common word, especially in the video game industry. Yeah. You, you don't see video game companies suing each other over the word monster. You do, you do realize your monster it. drink will never be on a shelf in the grocery store next to this video game right like that's never gonna be a situation yeah where somebody's like well son of a bitch which one do i drink and which one do i play i'm so confused like that's never going to happen what do i do <coughs> it's it's absolutely insane yeah. this is they have an absolutely long track record of going after companies for this it, it, to me it's just it's a word it's a word and more importantly your product is something that people consume and if you do it in excess, it puts you in jeopardy of your life. This is a video game that happens to have the word monster. So you're going to go after Watsi. You're going to go after Paizo for using the same word monster. It's it's monster. You think I they went after EA or Ubisoft or something once before? Yeah, I, I was just talking about the Ubisoft one. Yep. And Capcom and Pokemon. And... Hey, if you've been playing Rainbow Six Siege on your console via mouse and a keyboard, you fucking cheater, you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you probably want to go back to controller at this point. Uh, the team at Ubisoft is actually implementing... It's kind of ingenious. Uh, they're implementing a slowly deteriorating lag when it detects that you're using a mouse and keyboard via your console to play. So your input lag will just get worse and worse and worse and worse over time. My favorite part of this, Troy, is simply taking your mouse and keyboard away and plugging in controller does not fix the issue. <laughs> <laughs> you actually have to play matches with your controller to slowly gain back your <laughs> input lag. Jesus. <laughs> Come on, that's great. <laughs> that is that is ridiculous. Why? That's <laughs> That is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> Mouse and keyboard is better for everything. Just accept it. Right, but because that, you know, people on consoles playing with other console players are getting owned. I hate it for them. Oh, <laughs> I think this is hysterical. I'm like, that's actually pretty clever. That's it's pretty clever, but petty. <laughs> it, oh, it's super petty. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Like, do you want people playing your console game against other console players feeling like they have to buy a mouse and a keyboard or other peripherals to the game system to be competitive? Like, I get why they have to do something here. I just, I'm a big fan of the pettiness in the way they did it, that they were like, nope, plugging in a controller ain't going to do it, Holmes. You got to, how many games did you use a mouse and a keyboard with today? 14? Mm, good luck on these next 14, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, yeah, it's going to go back to the old get good, kid. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe in chat they brought up pay four ninety nine to return input to lag to normal, please. <laughs> Don't say I that. I can't believe they didn't implement that. But did you see that they're now their Ubisoft Plus is part of uh, Xbox Game Pass, but it's still locked behind its own subscription? Which makes no sense. <laughs> like, yeah, why is it even on the Game Pass? It was still behind its own subscription. And who's buying Ubisoft's Game Pass? Facts. Facts. <laughs> well, we gave you some good news on the Switch if you wanted to play Alien Fireteam's Elite. Uh, but there is some bad news for Switch players, uh, Wilfredo. What's going on here? <laughs> Rogue Company <laughs> is no longer getting support on the Switch. Womp. Womp. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I would assume it's player base. And no one <laughs> wants to play the game on Switch. That's not what they said in the announcement. That's, they, a, that's not what they said. <laughs> they said, sure, that's not what they said. But let's face facts. That's the issue. <laughs> I mean, all right, look, 
sure, yeah, there are a lot of issues going on within the game, and we get that. You know, there there's always going to be complications. Now, I still stand by. No one wants to play the game. That's what I stand by. But um, <laughs> according to the article that was so eloquently done by Troy, <laughs> yeah. um, they it's linking the high res accounts, right? So in order to continue playing Rogue Company, where you left off, you have to link your account. Um, yeah, that's but, if you're going to go from Switch to something else now. Right. Yeah. But um, it wasn't an easy choice, apparently. It, 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 as uh, it says here, quote, this choice wasn't made easily or without concern for our community. But the performance issues of the Switch just aren't up to standards. No one's playing the game. And, then, and we're unable <laughs> the to is provide. No one's performing. We're unable to provide the level of support our players deserve. So AKA, we know it runs like crap and we're just we're done. Like we're done. <laughs> there aren't enough of you playing to make it worth fixing. So Again, it goes back to, to Alien. There are some games as soon as they hit the switch. I lose all hope for. Yeah, I mean, I, you're, I guess your case did get proved right off the bat there. Hey, Joseph Staten, cinematic director for the original three Halos and also involved on Halo Infinite, is now leaving Microsoft as well. So continue to see the exodus from the high levels of Halo Infinite. But I'm sure the game will be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, and finally, in the dumbest thing I have heard all week for something that Troy and I have been looking forward to. While this doesn't impact us, because we'll be playing via Game Pass on PC, if you're going to be playing Redfall on launch on your Xbox Series S or X, it's going to launch with quality mode only. So on the Series X, that'll run at 4K 30 FPS. And on the Series S... 100 um 1440p 30 fps as well 60 frames per second performance mode will be added via game updates at a later date at a later date what did i just good, say earlier what did good, I just look, say? I just said. good luck on that as if like this is an xbox exclusive and it's going to launch at. 30 and it's going to launch at thirty frames per second. Don't launch the game until it's complete. This is not. This is not the standard for first-person shooters in the modern day. Sixty frames is what people expect, and you're telling me your Xbox version. This is your. You own this company now, and you let. You let this happen. Honestly, I would rather have the. And by the way, Troy, this was already delayed once. Remember, this game was already delayed once. I don't know what's going on here, but you know the the last few trailers that they've been releasing for the characters have been less than well uh, received. Luster, yeah. Um, and you are less than a month from launch now. Oh, and by the way, three weeks before launch, if you're playing this on the uh, Xbox, sorry, bro. 30 frames per second it is until question mark date. That's unfortunate. It it's, is. Uh, it, it almost comes across like what Fredo said, like they're just not ready yet. Like it's being pushed out sooner than what it should be. And as far as the trailers are concerned, yeah, that's just their marketing. Arcane's marketing's never been great, let's be honest. You're three weeks away from this game. Being you should be putting out the stuff that I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. I mean, do you remember what Phil Spencer said? The decision, this was when both Starfield and Redfall were delayed, right? The decision to give the team the time to build the game they feel they should be building is just the right thing to do. And we want to ensure fans have received the best, most polished versions of these games. I guess the why best, does it feel like it's still not ready? Is thirty frames per second? Thirty frames per second with an update to come in the future. Promise, promise, promise. Let's go do the weekly bombs. <laughs> I 
of magic slinky. Why couldn't they just not say anything? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> 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 Let's just hold this secret till after lunch. <laughs> But people uh, just realize. I'm going to, right off notice. the bat, I'm going to give an A-bomb to the Red Paul, Redfall performance mode. This is an, un, like, I'm not even, like, one of those guys that's graphics, 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 frames per second, frames per second, frames. Like, that is just not me. Obviously, if it's stuttering, I have a problem with it. But if it's smooth, then I, okay, is it 30, is it 60? Great. Whatever. Just play the damn game. Uh, I understand that there are types of games where that's super important to performance, too, not just aesthetics. I'm not talking about the performance side of things. Uh, so that's right. never really been me. But even me looking at this, I'm like, this is an exclusive title. You have already delayed it. You've delayed it because you want it to be the best product. And you can't get it on its... The only console it has to run on, by the way. Because it's exclusive. PC, Xbox Series S and X. It's not like you have seven ports going on here. You can't get it running above 30 frames per second and still be stable because that's the only reason I see them making this announcement Troy if they could get it above 30 seconds they would there's there's a stability problem when it is there has yeah. to be so I'm going to give them a huge a bomb this is absolutely dumb and Xbox fans continue to get screwed over on exclusives whether they're exclusives to other consoles or their own exclusives uh anymore so go ahead troy uh i'm gonna give a dub bomb to the necrom reveal event um i think with the showing off of the arcanist class some of the feedback that i've heard from content creators on the arcanist class the the new zones and everything that they showed off i think they did a great job of building excitement for an expansion imagine that building excitement for something that's coming out and i think they did a good job of it so dub bomb to them I got to agree with you. Go ahead, Wilfredo. Uh, I'm going to give out a dub bomb too. Uh, I want to give out a dub bomb. This isn't MMO related, but Resident Evil 4 remake is amazing. Oh, yeah. I think it's so well done. They've, they've tuned it up. They've made it really. There are certain things I miss. I'm not going to lie. I do kind of miss some of the QET stuff. But all in all, it's a fantastic game and credit to everybody who did the remake. Absolutely agree. Uh, Razor Roses says, Ion Gameforge uh, getting, or Ion Gameforge releasing Ion Classic. Yeah, in the EU, you guys are finally getting Ion Classic. However, it's delayed. Uh, we reported on it on MMOBomb.com back on April 7th, so last Friday. Uh, it was supposed to come out on the 12th, so you would have had it two days ago, but now it's going to be April 25th. So if you're waiting for Ion Classic in the EU, got a little bit more of a wait. Don't forget, while you're watching this on MMOBomb.com or on YouTube, we need your weekly bombs. Put them in the comments below. Dub bomb for something good, A bomb for something bad in the world of gaming or life in general. It really doesn't matter, and it, you don't even have to stick to multiplayer. I mean, well, Fredo just gave Resident Evil 4 a, a, a dub bomb, so whatever the hell you want to put there, you're a vital portion of the show. We need your comments down below. Troy, go ahead, take the next one. Uh, so Jerome CP Redfall is going to be on Game Pass, so you can try it there first and maybe save some money. Yep. Then Troy and I will 100% be doing that. Go ahead, Wilfredo. Yes, sir. 9S. <clears throat> I hope that Throne and Liberty isn't pay to win. It looks so good. I agree. Yeah, it's probably going to be pay to win. Probably will be. Probably will be. The only, I think the only, like, saving grace, and we've talked about it before, is that on our side of the pond, it'll be published by Amazon who has pushed back on some things in Lost Ark to keep them out of the Western version, so maybe there's that to look forward to. There's also, I, I agree, it looks great, but we also have to find out their final decision on the whole auto-battler thing, because that was something people did not like when they heard that that's in the game, and they were talking about taking it out, but we don't know if it's actually going to be out uh, uh, in time for launch, which, by the way, is also rumored to be delayed. Magic Slinky says, Dub-omb for friggin' Relic Hunter's Legend in closed beta right now. Waited so long for this game, and it's kicking Destiny's 2's ass already. Made by an indie studio. I have not checked it out, so I'm going to have to. Go ahead, Troy. Uh, Chirac says, Dub-omb to delays for improvement, such as Starfield. A-bomb to delays to save the game, such as Kill the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it helps when you give examples. And when yes. your examples are right on point. 
Go Alan. ahead, Wilfredo. Terra Nova, Debom to Star Wars Celebration. Some good announcements and shows on the way. I agree. Hopefully, I- yeah. Uh, in chat, Takao says, Debom to looking at my bank account on payday. Abom to looking at my bank account tomorrow and wondering what the hell happened. <laughs> Baron Vagabond saying, Debom to Wilfredo for finally being back on the show. It has been a while. It has been a while. I've been poking him like, come on, come on, come on. And work schedule didn't work this week and this week. It finally worked this week. So, yeah, we love having you. Make sure you leave your weekly bomb in the comments below. Of course, come on over to MMObomb.com. Check out all the news articles, first look videos, all that fun stuff. Giveaways. We got a Never Never Winter one coming in early next week, so check that out. Until next week, Wilfredo, where can everybody find you? Well, not next week. The week after. No show next Friday. And the week after, where can everybody find you? Uh, Twitter, at DamienXMarius. I I don't know what I'm going to be posting next, but I'm pretty certain it's going to be a bunch of memes. Troy. I'm on the socials at Noob Fridge. Seems legit. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at MMO Bombs. So you'll know every time we go live with a podcast, stream, hanging out, post articles, videos, giveaways, and more. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Later. <laughs> <laughs>